can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy Duplacito, and we are joined by friend of the pod, Andrew Boynton. Boynton, how are you? I'm heartbroken. Uh, we are 0-4 in the last in the last four games against the Mavericks. It's it's tough that it comes down to these last possessions, but um, the the one bright bright and silver lining point to this to this day is that we have KG's retirement. And I'm excited to watch this in the next upcoming 20 minutes. Absolutely. And just to, just to clue you guys in here, this podcast is going to be a little bit different. Uh, like Boynton did allude to, uh, we are going to talk about the KG retirement. Uh, we're still going to start the podcast, same as normal. We're going to do the full game recap, some of the highs, some of the lows. Start with player of the game. Uh, but then we'll dive right into some of the KG stuff in the second half here. Favorite KG moments. Uh, and really just talk about having all of these Celtics legends in the building and watching the, the number go up here. Uh, but to get things started off, uh, boy, I'll kick it over to you here with player of the game. Who do you got? I'm going to go with Rob Williams, Time Lord. Um, he had 10 points and 7 rebounds. He, in the last few possessions against Luka, he showed that his versatility on the defensive side of the ball, he's not just a block uh, defensive player. He can... He can cover out um, on the perimeter, and it was great to see him on, I think it was back-to-back, even three straight possessions, um, like, I, like I said before, that he was able to lock down Luka and, and show that he can keep up with the best scorers in the NBA, and it, it's great to see that we can rely on him night in and night out to provide us with stops. Yeah, I found it, I found it funny that they kept seeking that mismatch. And you actually mentioned it during the game. Like, I don't know if there's a single person in the NBA that is necessarily considered a mismatch. Well, Hubie Brown was saying, yeah, he was saying mismatch on the broadcast. I was like, really? I mean, if it's against, like, Peyton Peyton Pritchard, Christ, I cannot talk today. Uh, Peyton (laughs) Pritchard or, you know, Neesmith or any of those bums that are on on our bench, I would say it's a mismatch. But Rob, come on now. He's a great defensive player. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought... He did a great job defending Doncic down the stretch, uh, so it's a, it's a solid pick. I mean, the only the only reason I wouldn't have, I personally wouldn't have picked him was just the fact that he was in foul trouble. This is another game where you know he found himself with four fouls, three of them early in the third quarter. I mean, I'm I'm personally I'm gonna say that was the worst ref game of all time. And they were they weren't calling we've, any we've had some pretty bad ones they weren't calling any they weren't calling anything in the first half and yeah. then all of a sudden in the third quarter they started doing these ticky tacky fouls and we'll we'll talk about Marcus Smart's blown call on that last three yeah, that but to me is crazy. it was ridiculous i mean it's i think crazy. i think rob went straight up when he was contesting shots and i don't think he touched anybody more than what an actual foul would be yeah i don't know that that part it's tough it's tough like that's Really the only word that you can describe today. Uh, we've obviously got great news. KG's numbers going up. You know, they, the Celtics, if you haven't seen this tweet yet from the Celtics, go on Twitter and find the video of KG walking into the locker room because it was absolutely electric. I was ready to go to war with him. And I, I, was thought, up. I thought after that, I like posted it on our Facebook page, and I was like, listen, Celtics by 100. And it did not matter. 
Uh, I thought that, like, this is a sloppy game. I thought, I thought this was a really sloppy game through and through. Turnovers, uh, we had a lot of them, 11 turnovers. The shooting was abysmal. We'll dive into that in a little bit here. Um, but seriously, like, it's, I think Rob did play a, a solid defensive game. The fouls hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was really the only thing holding me back from choosing him. But I mean, realistically for me, the, the guy that I think deserves play of the game is Al Horford. I thought today his game was really like one of the only things that kept the Celtics alive at a couple different points of the game. Like to start, he came out firing, had a couple beautiful hook shots to start the game. A couple offensive rebounds, putbacks. But if you look at the stat line, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 steals, 2 blocks. That stat line's ridiculous. It's a complete game, and I'm pissed that they weren't able to go back to him more often in the 3rd and 4th quarter. Um, uh, As you mentioned, Rob had foul troubles. I would have put Al back in faster just to kind of expose the Mavericks defense and, and keep him rolling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough when you have good games from some of the guys. Like Al Horford, Time Lord, I thought both of them played solid games. It's just tough when, you know, you look at Jason Tatum, 7 of 23, a guy that we thought had turned the corner. I can't even say thought had turned the corner. He turned a corner. Like, he's been playing some of the best basketball of his career. Uh, but tonight was not a good game. No, and it, I mean, you can't always have those 50-point games, and you can't always be on. And I, I mean, I get it. It felt like the Celtics were due for a loss after all of these blowouts and all of these great games. It stinks that Tatum wasn't able to take over. And, and we kept saying that. Tatum's going to take over. Tatum's going to take over. And it got down to two minutes, and Tatum... It just never happened. It never happened. And, uh, I mean, you look, I said it at the end, too. Like, if he had, on that final inbounds possession with, like, four seconds left... If he had just taken one extra dribble, Dinwiddie was already like two feet past them. He would yep. have had a wide open three. But again, you can't bank on Dinwiddie disappearing and taking <laughs> and not doing a fadeaway because you just don't you don't know. You don't know. So I get it. It's just it's frustrating when you watch it versus actually doing it in person. Like I get why he did it. It's just you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But today, you look at it, 7 of 23 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. Shot 30% from the field, 30% from 3. That's not going to win you games. Yeah, and as a whole, we were 9 for 37 uh, from the three-point line, so no one shot particularly well. Uh, I was kind of pissed that uh, Pritchard passed up a few threes. I know his confidence might have been lacking after he got blocked and after he missed you know, a few big threes, but you got you got to take the open shot when it's there and he had open three-point shots and it was uh pretty upsetting to see that he wasn't able to, to take is, those. It is. And it, like the more the more frustrating part is he was actually the only one on the team that shot fairly well from three. Like he was 2 of 5. It's 40%. The next highest is Al Horford at one of three. So he was the only one on the team that like actually shot the ball fairly well today. The rest of the team was garbage. Like, just not good, not good from deep. Uh, and the thing that stands out to me the most is 16 assists. 
Yeah, you know, but what are we been, what are we usually averaging? We've averaging been, 25, 28? It's been up around 27 since January. We're like one of the better teams. Like we were the worst and then we've moved up into a very respectable position in the NBA as far as assists go and tonight you have 16 assists. And I believe my math might be off by one or two games here. We're 4 and 8 when getting under 20 assists. Like that that's the storyline. Right? I, I thought I thought there was good ball movement. I, it probably the numbers are lower because of the missed shots. Um, but naturally, it, yeah. Yeah, naturally. But it felt like there was more ISO ball than what the Celtics of January, February, and March are playing like. It felt like the, yeah. the 2020, 2021 Celtics where it's all ISO ball and chucking up shots and um Hopefully we can start catching fire in the next few games and, and make some shots and get those assist numbers up. But uh, I didn't like the direction that the offense took today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, this this game was gritty. You, t- you said that word a couple of times. Like, it was a gritty game. Not very, not very good overall. Like, it was fairly sloppy on a lot of ends. They, the Mavs had a ton of turnovers also. They had 17 turnovers as a team. Which is absurd. The Celtics just didn't really capitalize on a lot of it. No, we had two fast fast break points. That's you gotta if you're gonna make a turnover, you gotta be able to at least push the ball and if you don't make a shot, get some free throws, get to the foul line. Yeah. I mean the listen, the one other guy that I thought did play a really solid game was Marcus Smart. Uh, I didn't really I wasn't overly impressed with either of the Jays tonight. We will talk about Jalen Brown in a little bit here. Uh, but Marcus Smart, I thought, played great. I thought he had a solid game. Shooting-wise, still a little bit off. But, you know, as far as getting guys going, he was doing that for a lot of today. Uh, same thing with Derek White, for that matter. Derek White really struggled from the field, only shooting 2 of 10. That's, Honestly, it's kind of shocking to me because there were a couple times today where I was like, wow, that was an unbelievable play by him. And you look, the stat sheet doesn't really show much. No. I thought he had some pretty good contributions like during the game, but you know, looking at it as a whole, you're not really getting a ton. No, I mean, when you only score 92 points, you got to look at your bench, and if you don't have good scoring from your bench, it's not going to help you win. And unfortunately... This is probably one of our lower scoring games in the past month or two, mm-hmm. and it, it shows. We were struggling to buy a bucket, and yeah. it unfortunately killed us in the end. Yeah. So listen, we've got probably a couple minutes before the KG retirement ceremony. There's one thing that I do want to touch on prior to, prior to taking a break for the second half here. Jalen Brown murdering Maxi Kleber on that thunderous dunk. If you if you have watched the halftime show, they showed it on loop for, I don't know, 15 different times. One of the most electric dunks that I've seen all season long. Well, it's unfortunate. I mean, I'm chefing up pizzas and guys sitting on the couch <laughs> watching this live, and I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it live. I didn't know that he dapped up KG after. I had to rewind the TV to be able to see it. It, but it was still amazing after I rewinded it. I wish I watched it live, but JB is a freak athlete, and I 
look forward to him making those types of plays every single game. He's capable of just throwing one down and postering anybody in the NBA. And the fact that KG was in the front row, and you've seen KG many of times posterize somebody and, you know, flex and scream, it was great to see on this particular day. Yeah. Yeah, that to me was, like, the absolute highlight of the game. Like, sure, Luca, you know, came out, did his thing. Obviously, they got the win, so you can't really be too excited from a Celtics perspective. But that one play in particular was unbelievable. And honestly, it was followed, like, he had another drive before that where he had a great dunk. So he had, like, two monster dunks in a row. And then he also had that, like, baseline drive where he... Be, like between the legs past to Rob, to Rob Williams. Yeah, yep. So like he had a two minute stretch of just like pure genius. Uh, and it's tough that, you know, they went out on that huge stretch, came out, had a, had a good lead. What was it nine points at halftime? I believe. Uh, and they got it up. They, they got it up to 13. The, the highest lead by the Celtics was 13. So, yeah. um, Unfortunately, giving up 38 points in the third quarter doesn't help at all, and that probably contributed to our loss greatly. But um, I, I don't know. I think it's just a little speed bump in what we're trying, our our actual end goal, and what we're trying to achieve. So I'm not too upset. It's just it sucks that we couldn't get a win for KG. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's frustrating. You know, we had a, a five game win streak going into this. Obviously, lost tonight breaks that winning streak. And this is a big week because there's a lot of a lot of big games as far as competition in the Eastern Conference goes, and there's a going to be a lot of shifting in the standings. Uh, and we will talk about that. I want to wrap up today's podcast with that kind of the implications of the loss. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors. Tune in to the Kevin Garnett Jersey retirement, and we will be back. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can get $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, guys, time for a new favorite sponsor alert, Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Green's Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. 
Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15. That's CelticsTake15 for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, we are back. KG's number is officially in the rafters. This retirement ceremony was unlike any that we have seen before. I was there when Paul Pierce's number got raised to the rafters. Uh, This ceremony was unbelievable Uh, and completely different setup than the one with Paul Pierce. But I'm going to go over to you, Boyan, here. Initial thoughts. Uh, KG is unpredictable. Uh, I (laughs) I don't think Nesson... Uh, really understood how many explicitives that KG would incorporate into his speech. But it is, that's a typical KG. You don't know what to expect from him. He's going to bring everything he has, and he does it in his own way. He's not the stereotypical NBA player. He, he's KG, KG. He's the big ticket. And, man, he, he is one of a kind. And I I miss those days, and I reminisce on those those 2008-2009 Celtics teams where it's just KG bobbing his head, headbutting the ball, just doing all the KG things that just pumps you up. And, man, he is he's missed. And it's crazy and it's awesome that we were able to experience him for six seasons. Yeah, so you talk about expletives going out here. The amount of F-words that came out of KG's mouth during this broadcast was unreal. And none of it was beeped. All of it was live. And it was so genuine and authentic. I thought, I thought it was incredible. I'm going to say one of them. Because I don't really care what happens on this podcast. But KG looks out to all of the fans. And he's like, man, Boston, I know y'all fuck with me. I didn't know y'all fuck with me like this. <laughs> oh my god, the place erupted. I was just like, this guy is just on another one. Yeah, and it's it's one of those moments where, obviously, with the David Ortiz and Red Sox, the tragedy with the Boston Marathon bombing, but, you know, when it comes to this city, man, and it comes to these, these fans, just saying, I didn't know you fuck with me and no one fucks with this city, it's, it's one of a kind because everyone feels that. Everyone has that passion with this fan base. Uh, amazing. Amazing ceremony. They talked about some of the stories, you know, Ubuntu. They talked about the arm wrestling story. Uh, but I'm curious, like, what is your favorite KG moment over his tenure as a Celtic? Uh, they showed it in the highlight film where KG, with being 6'11", I forgot how athletic and agile he was, but he had a one-handed off the backboard and one against Lamar Odom in the finals that pretty much sealed our championship on the home court and sealed our 17th championship banner. And I remember watching that with my dad back in the day and just looking at him and screaming like KG, like he, he's a stud and he made that. And then he got up and he was pounding his chest and man, I, I miss those Celtics days. And I'm hoping that our team can watch this after this loss and be like, man, we need this fire. We need this intensity. Yeah, and, and I definitely I want to come back to that because he did talk about this current team, and I want to kind of wrap things up there. But one of one of like my favorite KG moments was Eastern Conference Finals against Miami, and Miami was up 2-0. KG gets fouled, and it's the infamous knuckle push up. The one the one person I feel like in the entire NBA that has done this. 
And it just, the whole entire place just went crazy. And the whole momentum shift. And it was just, it's just one of those things. He comes out with so much intensity in absolutely everything that he does. And yeah. you talked about it a little bit too, like the banging the head against balls, banging it against the hoop. Like, this is just, this is his personality. It's balls to the wall 24-7. And you touched upon it before we went to break where they, the Celtics came out with a tweet where they showed him walking around and dapping up the, the current Celtics and doing a little bit of a pregame speech. But at, at one point he says, you know, man, this NBA is kind of soft and you, you can't talk nearly as much shit. You can't do your thing. I think those knuckle push-ups might have received a tech in this, Probably. In this Probably. current NBA. Yeah. But, man, I love him for who he is. And I my passion for the Celtics just... You know, there, there was a fire put under me where my passion is just so much more now seeing this number retired. So you just talked about it like a couple minutes ago, right, when we started this. But you're curious to see how this translates to the current team. You know, obviously one of the, the whole narratives of that 2008 season was Ubuntu. Uh, and really the whole premise of that is, like, I am because we are. Like, that's the definition of Ubuntu, and that's kind of where – from a Celtics perspective, kind of the whole camaraderie stemmed. They talked about, you know, making each other better the entire season. And at the end of KG's speech, you know, he was giving a lot of shout-outs to the Celtics players and watching that two-minute clip that the Celtics tweeted out. Uh, like, he looks to the current Celtics players, like, keep kicking some ass, keep playing together. And that is, like, the definition of Ubuntu. So, I'll, I'm curious, like, your thoughts. Where do you think the Celtics team takes this, you know, after being able to witness this? Because all the Celtics were in, you know, sitting down watching, you know, a Celtics legend, another Celtics legend, go up to the Raptors. Yeah, I, I know in this current NBA, you, you can't be as tough and there's, the hard fouls are at a minimum now because a lot of the superstars get the ticky-tacky calls, but I would hope some of the Celtics players take a page out of KG's intensity and bring it into this final push and into the playoffs where you know, you're know you going to lose some games, you're going to lose close games just like tonight, but when it comes down to those close games, I want to see some guys have, have that dog fight in them and just have it bring out of them where they're going to scream, they're going to pound their chest, they're going to slap the floor. Like a KG slap the floor when he's running back on oh, defense. All-time moments. I don't think there's anything that pumps me up more than slapping the floor yeah. and having and seeing KG do that. And um, Yeah, I, I, I think the Celtics can take the intensity or pick the intensity up a little bit after this, after this ran, after the banner raise. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that I'm hoping kind of – gets highlighted moving forward is the, you know, making everybody better part, right? I think over the last two months, one of the things that the Celtics have done that is like totally taking their game to a new level is getting other guys involved, moving the ball constantly. And, you know, we saw it tonight. We saw the opposite of it tonight, obviously with only like the 16 assists. Uh, but over, you know, since – this calendar season, we've seen Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, 
Marcus Smart, Derek White, all of these guys step up in a playmaking role and find everyone better shots. And that's kind of like, it goes back to this, I am because we are mentality. Like, you might be passing up a good shot, but you're finding someone else a better shot. You're getting everybody involved. And a lot of that stemmed from that 08 team, and I'd love to see that brought back to this current team and continue to play the rest of the season that way. So Yeah, no, I agree, and um, I know we got to – we got to run soon, but the fact that the hatchet was buried, so to say, between KG and, and Ray yep, yep, was well great. Thought. And the fact that KG, you know, kept saying, you know, 20's next, 9's next with Rajon. I mean, I'm not sure if Rondo will get his number retired or Ray, but the fact that KG's saying it, I'm sure there'll be some thought into it. And I would be more than happy to, to cheer on Ray Allen and Rondo going up just because they meant so much to that 2008 team. I'm glad you brought up Ray Allen because I think that was like another like iconic moment from the ceremony, right? We've all heard the the beef between KG Ray Allen at some point, right? Like the fact that they came out tonight, there were three players sitting in the front row from that 08 team. It was KG naturally, Scal, who was obviously helping with the ceremony, Paul Pierce. And then that other guy was Ray Allen. And that, to me, was cool because we've, we've heard so many times that there's been this beef, that they don't like each other. We obviously saw the, the whole incident at the All-Star game where they celebrated the 75th All-Star or 75th uh, year greats, right? Uh, and Ray Allen goes out to LeBron James, daps him up, completely ignores KG, and you just... You see the, I don't know, the hate in KG's eyes. I don't know if hate's the right word, but you're just like, you watch him kind of just look deflated at that point. And uh, it's good to see, you know, KG call Ray out by name, bring him up, hug him, and, you know, take pictures at the end there. It's. I think it's more of a what could have been scenario where, you know, we won in 08, we should have won in uh, 10, but Perk got hurt, and then, you know, Ray leaves and wins one, wins one with LeBron, and I think that Celtics team, if you, you keep them together, real, realistically should have had three. We should have been on banner 19, looking for 20, but hey, it is what it is, and um, I'm happy that our team right now is in a good position to make a, a run, and I'm hoping that, I wish KG was on our bench for the next 15 games in, in the playoffs, but... We, we, we can't get so lucky, but hopefully they they sit there and see the highlights and what the Celtics meant to the city of Boston back in the day and, and try to emulate that. And that's exactly where we're going to – that's exactly where the rest of the season's looking, right? Like we've got, you know, about 15 games or so left. Still got some ways to, to move up in the standings here, but hopefully this Celtics team can take what they heard from today's ceremony – uh, and use that to propel them. You know, continue playing at a high level. Focus on you know defense, which is obviously KG's you know specialty here, uh, and continue to to make a ruckus in the Eastern Conference. But that's where we're gonna wrap things up for today, boy. Appreciate you hopping on the pod, my man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, we can get a dub the next game, and 
uh, look forward to being on later in the season and hopefully uh, catch a playoff game with you. Absolutely. If you haven't done so already, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die. And make sure to rate and review the podcast. Five-star written review. Tell a friend about it. Have a good night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic.